the problem is, is if we make everybody exactly the same, that diversity is gone. And, you know, you end up having people who are kind of mediocre in all of their its strengths and or weaknesses because they've lost the, the wheel on, the, on their strengths and they're trying so hard to put a shoe on that doesn't fit. Welcome to Ambition Theory, Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, and since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. This episode lit my heart on fire. Nicole Tanell, a project manager with PCL Constructors, took part in our very first cohort of the Leadership Accelerator for Women in Construction. She shared what it was like to take our program, um, how she could implement what she learned, and the impact that she's having in her company, leading her direct reports and managing up. My favorite part of this interview was seeing a real life case study of what happens when you lean into your transformational leadership skills. I want to thank Nicole so much for getting out of her comfort zone and coming on the podcast. Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction, Nicole. Nicole is from Construction, and she took part in our Leadership Accelerator in the winter of 2022. I am so honored that you're here on our podcast today. Nicole, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do? For sure. Um, I am a currently a project manager at PCL Constructors. Um, with the Toronto district. Uh, I have relocated recently to uh, Newfoundland to help build the hospital here. I've been in the industry for about 20 years um, and have worked in various sectors of the construction industry, uh, starting as a drafts person um, and moving my way through residential and then into commercial. Um, and uh, I've been at PCL now for about 10 years and uh, yeah, just working my way through the project management stream here. And tell me about this hospital. It's a mega hospital that you're building, right? It is. I mean, especially for the province itself, it's something that they've been in dire need for, for, for many years. I know that it's been on the conversation block for at least 20. Um, so it is bringing um, acute care, renal dialysis, cancer care, um, and just inpatient mental health, poor uh, MRIs and stuff to Western Newfoundland. Because currently everybody in the province would have to uh, um, drive all the way to St. John's, which from Corner Brook here to St. John's is about a seven hour drive. So, um, or flying to Halifax. So this is, uh, it is a pretty big uh, endeavor that we're building here on the island um, in a fairly remote part of the island as well. Uh, so it is a four year project um, and we are coming up on two and a half years um, of the into the project, so we about, we're about a year and a half out from completion. That is cool. And how does it feel to have like I can like when you're telling me this story, I got chills. Right, like with the impact on the community, with the impact on the people. How does it feel to like connect with that? It like every day in your job, like knowing that you're changing, yeah. literally changing people's lives. 
It is. It's been pretty, it's been pretty amazing. Honestly, um, we're coming in and helping to facilitate the understanding of the project uh, build because it is a new concept, just the contract model itself and the scale of it. But I would say, I think, I believe we did the tally and the numbers were about where we've got 90% local workforce out on the, in the field, which is fantastic. And, you know, every so often we do a nice appreciation uh, barbecue or something. And it's just fantastic to listen to first, at first the workers, uh, you know, appreciate that they can literally just drive from their house two minutes down the road to work on this massive project. And they have something local for four years, a steady flow of work for four years, um, and that they're building something for their community, which is fantastic to hear. And then again, we're in a small town, so we're out and about, and, you know, when it comes up asking, oh, they obviously know we're not from around here. So, you know, they ask what you're doing in town and you talk about helping to facilitate the hospital and they're just like, oh my God, it looks beautiful. Thank you. This is something we really need. And they're just really, really happy that it's, it's, it's getting built and, and being done. So there's a lot of excitement and it feels really great, obviously, to be part of that, that whole, that whole process. That is really, really cool. So you took part in our very first Leadership Accelerator for Women in Construction. And I'm curious if you can talk about what was going on for you before you signed up. And I'm so grateful that you took the plunge um, and did this course with us. It was just like such an honor to get to know you and support you. But I want you to just tell us what was going on before you signed up. Honestly, I have, have done quite a few leadership programs before um through PCL with our you know E3 100 and and just going to um leadership conferences and stuff like that it, it's been holistically a part of my development because technically I you know I have all of the, the nuts and bolts that I require for my day-to-day -day job but to get myself to the next step is you know developing my leadership style and understanding that but I feel like I was a bit in autopilot in my leadership development. Um, and because I, I was caught up in the current every day to day of my job and, you know, being able to do what I'm here to do. Um, and also partially procrastinating a little bit because I was unsure of what the next steps needed to be. I was kind of stuck. Um, and I do know that at one point my development goals was to get a coach. Uh, of, of some sort, coaching to help kind of guide me through that one-on-one -on -one process. And it was almost like the universe was like, okay, I'm going to make it happen for you. <laughs> the ambition theory kind of fell into my, into my lab, into my email. And I, you know, I was like, oh God, I have to do this. I have to take it. Um, so, you know, it, and I'm very glad that I did. It got me out of that, that autopilot mode. Okay. And so was there something holding you back? Because you talked about leadership development. You've gone to all the conferences. You've taken all the courses. Was there an obstacle that was kind of blocking you from getting to the next level? Uh, yes. Uh, right or wrong in my own mind, it was trying to figure out what then what my next step, what, like clarity on what that, what, what leadership for the next steps was for me that fit within our PCL box let's say, because there's, it's a lot of box checking in, in our industry. And, and, you know, it's usually like, okay, do this step, do this step, do this step, and you'll get to your end goal. But I, it didn't feel organic to me in that sense. And it didn't feel like I was coming up to actually find my purpose or to find what drives my ambition or what, you know, makes me me. Like I knew it internally, but I didn't feel like it fell within the, the, the bucket that I was supposed to. Still. 
So that to me was my, A, my own roadblock and, and my, also my own understanding of what I was supposed to be doing. First off, I love that you're using our language. Like what drives your ambition? Module one. Um, and that's so important. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like you had, it sounds like there was like almost this internal struggle, but also this external struggle. Like, okay, what does leadership mean for me? And then secondary, like, how does it fit into the structure of the com- of the company? Was that what was going on? Yes. 100%. One percent. So tell me what happened when you answered the question, <laughs> what drives your ambition? Um, so it was funny because I was having a hard time actually writing, like writing that down to work, do the worksheet. And so that was where I was really grateful for the coaching sessions that we had, because you kind of forced me to write down a few, ask me some key questions and you kind of pulled up this, some of these keywords on hearing this. And I remember, I'll never forget. This was one of those epiphany moments that it's like my first one was when you had asked me some questions and finding out and then you used a keyword like you, it sounds like you like to influence people like you're an influencer and it literally was like a bell and a light bulb went off and was like oh my gosh yes right getting up you know when I look at my days and the days that I'm really project manager productive where I'm answering emails and writing procedures and getting submittals done and doing all that stuff those days feel okay, but the days that I feel the best on are the days that I'm actually not even at my desk and I'm at everybody else's offices and in meetings and working through problems and like getting my team on track to where they need to be and seeing their progress and their success. That makes my day feel like today was a good day. And so it just really resonated with me literally like in my core. And so that was one of those aha moments that I was like, it's not necessarily like a specific thing or it was just, it's this statement, but that's very near and dear and true to me, influencing people for the better for them. Okay. So once you had that recognition, how were you able to align it with the opportunities at PCL? Because I think that's where people, especially in coaching, a lot of people will go and get coaching and they have this big epiphany and then they make a huge life change. Like they quit their job, they go traveling. And then there's this big dramatic shift, but you were able to really like, like align your personal values, align your personal ambition with the opportunities at PCL. So can you talk about that, what that process was like for you? Um, it, it put more into perspective, our leadership core values, like modeling the way and inspiring a shared vision. And it was like, okay, how is that? Is that just that we're following all the processes and procedures and we're teaching people all the processes and procedures and having that little aha moment for myself actually put it into a different level for me and put it more into a almost abstract kind of perspective where modeling away and inspiring the vision uh, for my team isn't necessarily doing all of the checkbox tasks during the day. It's how do I get them to be, feel like I do at my job. And feeling um, valued and feeling this like sense of spark and passion for something they have. Because there's so many hard, grueling days that, you know, you need to have something that you look at and say, oh, my God, that just made everything else so much so worth it. And having people finding that joy and that path in their own way that aligns with their values and what drives their ambitions. And hopefully, you know, so that me influencing my my passions 
in a way that enables them to do the same is how is how I then related it back to, okay, this is what they mean by, you know, modeling the way and inspiring a shared vision and, and getting everybody kind of collaborating together and working together. Okay. So can you talk about like how you were able to bring this back to your team and really can you talk about like inspiring them to follow, to figure out what drives their ambition, to inspire them to grow, inspire them to see that bigger picture. Can you talk about how you're able to do that? Wow. That's a, that's a hard question. Actually, <laughs> um, I think for me, the way I was able to do that was to just be completely transparent and authentic in my own journey with them. So, you know, I would have some really great breakthrough moments going through ambition theory. And after that, I would schedule some kind of touch points with my own team to just be like, Hey, guess what? This is something outside of our job descriptions of what we're doing that I like came across and was able to have this cool moment and I want to share it with you and you know hopefully it's something that you can take away from that and then we can opens up this like dialogue with them that it has become become very fulfilling and like rewarding on both sides of the fence to be honest I love this this is like a a textbook definition moment of transformational leadership so one thing like we teach at Ambition Theory is like leadership is a spectrum. We teach the transactional versus transformational. Um, transactional is the top down. Transformational is more collaborative. It's more about pulling out people's strengths, inviting people into the vision and holding them accountable to deliver it. And I love that you said like the two way dialogue, like you like created that opportunity. And like, that's what transformational leaders do. It's like creates that two way dialogue so that you're like pulling out their strengths, you're inviting them to contribute, you're helping them to like, you know, look inwardly and learn things about themselves. So what's the vibe been like on your team since you started like instilling these transformational like leadership behaviors? Honestly, I got some really good feedback from one of my direct reports just before he went on vacation. And cause we had a little, we have a little touch point every few months and uh, he, he just, he gave me that real time, like, oh my gosh, I, I love working with you. And you give me this space to just become stronger at what I'm good at. And you guide me and he's like, you inspire me the way I just see you carry out yourself in daily tasks and like try to take from that what I can and what works for me. And, you know, you're very open door and you, he's like, I really like, you know, the, the, the vibe that we have going on together. And he's just very grateful for the, for the whole process, which makes me feel really good that I'm it's I'm doing what I want to be doing and I'm I'm doing it in the you know I'm being true to myself and it's the right thing to be doing I love it and you're impacting others so this is really interesting so the course only ended like I think it was a month ago what not that long ago um so talk about like how long from when you started learning these skills because it started the end of January I think it was the last week of January and right now it's the first week of May it's not that long that you've start like that you took the course. Like, how long did it take for you to be like, okay, I'm actually going to start applying this in my job? Uh, honestly, for me, because it was that first module um, with that influencer, it was it resonated so deeply and connected with me so well. It, I implementing it immediately was not a challenge whatsoever. I just started to, when I was having tough moments or. I didn't know where to go or how to guide my team per se, or I was feeling kind of like, uh, today's not a below the line day. I would literally just sit back and take a look at 
what drives my ambition and what can I do today that would fulfill that ambition? And it doesn't need to be a big task. It can be a little one, but I need to make sure that I'm doing that thing every day to, to make myself feel like I'm, I'm doing, I'm on the path, right path. Okay. And so it's so interesting that like that internal work that you were doing, um, did you advertise it to your team? Because it seems like they noticed and like this person's giving you feedback before they go on vacation saying that you're inspiring them. Like, did they know you were doing this internal work or did they just see it? Um, I didn't tell them necessarily at first. They could, they could just kind of see it a bit, like they could see a shift um, in, in a little bit of what I was doing. And so then when I started to talk about it with them, it was like, oh, oh, this makes sense. So now your, you know, your passion has like been sparked up again. Like you've had this resurgence of, um, um, energy in, in de dealing with tasks and getting things done and, you know, bringing the people together type of deal. So it's been, uh, so they, they noticed it, but, but I also am, I'm very, I'm very open. And I was telling them that I was doing this program and, you know, cause I, I was, it felt really good from the beginning. So I, I can't keep that stuff. In. I have to, I have to speak it out to the world. I love it. I love it. It's like the gift. Like, I do remember you told me you shared some of the articles with some of your coworkers. Yep. So what were some of the topics that you shared? I'm, I'm actually really curious cause you haven't told me which articles you shared. Uh, the feedback one. Um, hey. So I'll just summarize that one a little bit. And this is like something that is foundational to at Ambition Theory, the way that we approach things. And it does come up. Um, I have gotten feedback about this, the way that we do things at Ambition Theory. That is like not the way we do things in the construction industry. And people have actually told me, Andrew, I think this is wrong. I think you should do it a different way. <laughs> um, and it's really this principle. It's based on an article. Um, by Marcus Buckingham. And there's actually a second article that he wrote. It's on the cover of the May-June um, Harvard Business Review. He wrote a, a follow-up. Um, but it's really this idea that in leadership, when you're giving people feedback about leadership, it's our instinct is to point out what they're doing wrong, point out the behaviors that they're doing wrong and tell them how to improve, right? Like spend your time working on your weaknesses. Uh, but the research that he references in the article, it shows that actually a more effective way is to point out people's strengths and actually tell them to lean into those strengths, do more of those strengths. And they measured leadership effectiveness and they found there was like an exponential difference between the feedback that you got about your strength versus pointing out the weaknesses. So at Ambition Theory, when we do our leadership assessments, we're really only asking for people's strengths. and that is where a lot, a lot, it makes people in construction really uncomfortable because it's so used to that transactional leadership style, right? The top down, like I am the leader. I'm going to train the next leaders by telling them what they're doing. I'm going to fix what's wrong. Um, and it's not as effective. And like, sometimes that feedback can be valuable, but if really um, you want a more effective leader, it's more effective to focus on strength. So that's the article um, and through the lens of today. So that article was from, I think, 2018, 2019, the 2022 version is talking about like the mass exodus of employees about how they're burnt out. They don't love work anymore. Um, and what he's found today is that if you give people things that they love to do for even like 10% of the day, it's a small percentage, they will actually feel fulfilled for the whole day. They'll want to show up at work. They'll want to be more fulfilled. Um, and the way to do that is like you help people 
use their strengths. So this is like they they did research on this. If people are using their strengths every day and if people can feel like they're contributing to something, if they do that for like a small percentage of the day every day, they will be engaged. They will be loyal. They will show up. So you shared that. Um, and what happened? Funny enough. So I, the initial reaction when I, before I shared it, I talked about it. So um, I sat with my supervisor and I was like, hey, I had this really cool article that I read about feedback that really resonated with me. And I feel like it puts a different perspective on it for our industry. And when I first started talking about it, it was funny. Their face was kind of like, hmm. So just their good parts. Like, what about? And I said, you know what? To me, how I envision that that article is obviously we have all kinds of things that we have to work on holistically as people. But when it comes to like having working working with people and and focusing on their strengths and as you said, like lean into those strengths. It allows us to have this diverse group of people who are strong in a multitude of things. Construction isn't a one-person show. Um, it is a team-based industry, and you need people of all different types of skill sets. So the problem is, is if we make everybody exactly the same, that diversity is gone, and you know you end up having people who are kind of mediocre in all of their its strengths and or weaknesses because they've lost the the wheel on the on their strengths and they're trying so hard to put a shoe on that doesn't fit to bring it up to make themselves and all of a sudden you've, you've got a group of mediocre people uh or mediocrely happy in their daily jobs whereas you know if you have leaders who can take a look at a group of people and say okay you're strong at this and i want you to focus and you like you said you know allow them to do, do tasks that that fulfill that strength or allow them to flex that muscle There'll be somebody else on the other side of the table who will be strong in the area where this person is not necessarily as strong. And you use them together as a whole to make your team whole and strong and successful, united. And then each people will learn from the other's strengths at the same time and have takeaways. So that will naturally organically happen and they will get better holistically. But it's harder to make someone try because then they just focus on the stuff that's not as good and they put again they put all this effort and stress and stuff to try to put on a shoe that doesn't fit or doesn't feel like it feels comfortable and so i feel like it's a look it's more it's more like you take you know you think you're taking three steps forward but you're actually there's two steps forward you're taking three steps back a little bit so it's it's you know finding that that balance and and that article really opened my eyes to that concept in a different light that was never really looked at yeah, we'll put a link to the article in the show notes because it's a really powerful article and also put the updated one too from 2022 because it's a really, really good perspective. If you are an HR professional or a construction leader and you're curious about how you can better engage and support your female staff, we have some exciting news to share with you. Ambition Theory has developed industry-specific leadership training program for women in line with the Canadian Construction Association's Gold Seal Certification Program. The goal of these programs is to help companies develop leaders from the talent that already exists internally. There is a war for talent in the construction industry, and engagement and retention are among the best ways to address this. If you want to learn how Ambition Theory can help you improve employee engagement and retention, go to ambitiontheory.ca and book a call with us. And now back to our show. One thing to note, and, and it's really, that article is really focused on leadership behaviors and feedback about leadership behaviors. 
um, for task-specific behaviors, right? Like if you calculated the estimate wrong and you put, you sent the wrong price out, like that's a technical, that's a tangible skill. And in those cases, it actually is really valuable to point out the person's error and show them exactly how to do it properly. So it doesn't apply to technical skills. That's a really important thing to um, to know in this approach. It's really on leadership behaviors. Um, and that's where the focusing on the strength really works. Okay, this is actually bringing joy to my heart because something that usually happens when we work with people is just like coaching is a popular leadership style, right? It's like use the coach approach to management, right? But how do you actually learn how to do that, right? Like how do you teach people how to do it? And you're like a living, breathing case study of how you do it is... um People have to experience the coaching for themselves, really. Like you, I don't know if you would be able to like allow your manager to experience that all that transformation without having done the work on yourself. And really, I think, um, and you correct me if I'm wrong, like I think like we always in the coaching, I always strive to get you, the participants, because it's group coaching, coaching each other. Like it's not just about me asking the questions, like everybody in the group can ask questions and like now that you're literally like had a coaching conversation with your manager about their strengths, um, that's like a, to me, that's like a result. That's an outcome that like you're leaning into your coaching skills. You're learning the coaching, the coaching approach to leadership and you're taking it back to your company. Anyway, yes. Does that make sense or is that not how it played out? No, no. Yeah, no, it's true. And I mean, and it's, it's, it's finding, it's also trying to find how to approach it with different people because you need to, that your approach is, is everything and will kind of drive how the other person receives it. So it can't be a dictatorship or I do it this way because it works for me. It's more of a conversation to say, look at this, look at how I perceive the situation and this is my point of view on it. And it's reap some rewards because of X, Y, and Z and allow them to take from it what they will and open the conversation to have that two-way dialogue. And have the other person feel comfortable enough to say, well, I don't really just, dis I disagree because, and then, you know, you start to like swap perspectives a little bit because no one way is the right way. Um, and we, we need to be more, we need to be more open to that idea and a little less hierarchical in our, in the way that we manage our people. To me, it's always been a line like, Yes, you have to have hierarchy. People have certain responsibilities, but at the end of the day, you're a team and you need every single one of those people to do what they're set out to do to make it a success. And so we're equally on the same playing field. If I'm gone, there's there's a gap there that needs to be filled or vice versa if someone else is taken away. So we all need each other. No one is more important than the next. And when you approach the team from a leadership perspective that way, it makes it a lot more, it makes the team more receptive to yourself as well. Okay. I love it that you're saying, you're talking this way. Module four, emotional intelligence. You are literally applying it, approaching different people in the way that they need to be approached. Like this is bringing joy to my heart, Nicole. Here, like out in the world, like leveraging, um, the core, because that's my vision, right? It's really that like, you're out there doing it, sharing, inspiring others. So this is bringing joy to my heart. So thank you for sharing that story. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? It's that feeling that you don't deserve to be there and you don't know what you're doing. 
at any moment, people will reveal that you're a fraud and that you don't belong. Until recently, imposter syndrome was considered an internal problem, something that's in your head, and it was up to you, the individual, to solve this problem. I want to tell you today that this assumption is wrong. There is new research that explains why imposter syndrome is a systemic issue and not an individual problem. We've created a free report exploring the evidence and providing strategies companies can use to address this. Here's the truth. If you're a woman in construction, imposter syndrome is not all in your head. Get the report at ambitiontheory.ca forward slash imposter. And now back to the conversation. I want to ask you about sponsorship because that's something that I talk about a lot. And I would say in my like four years of working with women in construction, if people can figure out sponsorship and really how that works, um, that's the supercharger. Can you tell me about your experience um, around that concept? So, yes. So I was kind of excited when I had seen the course syllabus um, and there was a module dedicated to the discussion of sponsorship because I had just received a sponsor and which is not as organic as, you know, we would like it to be sometimes like mentors and sponsors in my mind sometimes have to kind of happen organically. It can't be forced. So needless to say, I had one and, um, I was like, what do I do with this? Like this, honestly, this is a new territory for me. Like I'm good at like. Can you describe anything between mentor and sponsor first? Just for people listening, because is most people don't know the difference, but there is a critical distance difference. Yeah. So, um, and I think I probably might watch it a little bit, but to me, mentor is the person that like talks to you. You have this two-way conversation and they're, you know, coaching you in a way and you, you're, they're uh, working with you to like hear you out and give you kind of advice for your day to day and 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 kind of work uh, work through some of your challenges or successes. Whereas I, the sponsor is someone who speaks on your behalf when you're not in the room. Um, they're the person that's your cheerleader. So you know, if a position or somebody comes up, they're like, "I'm putting Nicole's name down on this piece of paper or speaking for them." Or you need to, making connections for me, knowing what I need. Um, and vice versa. Yes, 100%. And like the key difference, the way like is skin in the game, right? The mentor has no skin in the game, right? They're giving the advice. At the end of the day, th- there's really no implication back to the mentor. Whereas the sponsor, if that person puts your name out and you do not deliver, woof, they're going down with you, right? <laughs> they put your name out there and you do an amazing job. Looks great on them too. So it's like that mutual um, yeah. benefit. Yes. So, I mean, when I talk, speaking for myself and like sponsorship, um, that I, you know, I felt like I had a good handle on how to manage down, as we say, or manage people and even manage up to a certain level, like my manager. Um, but there's always this thing is like, oh, managing even further up or like, how do you get, like, how do you do, how do you leverage that? And so I honestly didn't have any idea. And so through that module it really helped kind of like you were saying, there's, it's a two, it's a two way. So, you know, what am I giving the sponsor to, to like insider information or something that helps them achieve their goals or, you know, what's on their agenda um, and, and vice versa with myself and having that conversation um, and then how do I leverage that? So um, when I received, had my first meet uh, or second, actually it would have been my second meeting um, with my sponsor, it was literally after the module one and I had found my, hey, what drives my ambition. So I was just 
verbal diarrhea all the stuff out onto the out onto her and she just was like oh my god you are glowing like you are literally coming out of your computer at me and like tell me more about this I'm very interested so um and then that's how we kind of got on to the I love it. Let's pause for a sec because I like reverse engineering the human behavior, right? Like you connected on a personal level first, right? Instead of the agenda being, it's all about me. This is what I want. It was like, let's connect on an emotional level and see if there's alignment in where we're going, in our values, in what what our goals are. So keep going. And I mean, just to add to that, I, yeah, so that whole thing about it being organic, it was a little bit nervous at first because I had never really met this person or spoken to them. And then after a couple of meets and getting into these kind of candid conversations, we created this and it's perfect. Like, I'm like, this is the first, this is, she, she should be my sponsor and vice versa. I should be connected with her. And so that's just helped that grow. So, um, you know, and then what can I do? them and I didn't even think of it in that perspective but I mean we were just that day uh one of our other colleagues on the call was talking about how their goal at the end of this whole thing was to like eventually run a civil department uh which is not we don't have one in Toronto and stuff and and my sponsor had to be talking to me like yeah I'm working on this new initiative to open up a civil department I went oh I know somebody I know somebody who was talking about this she was like oh give me their names and wrote it down and I didn't even think that was pause, 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 Nicole. You are sponsoring that person, right? Like, it's just like a snowball, right? It's a mindset and it's an attitude. It's like you're opening the door, giving the opportunity to someone else. And you're actually helping that person too. Keep keep going. And I mean, I didn't even realize that when I was doing it till I kind of like just happened to say it in our coaching session. You're like, that's it. That's what you're supposed to. That's that's it. I'm like, oh, oh, really? Is that what we're talking about? Like, I'm like, I don't know. It was like, what can you offer to them? And I'm like, I don't know what can I offer to this person who's, who is, you know, so high above me and is doing completely different. So, and it's, I've always kept that in the back of my mind. So, you know, every t- every two months when we talk and we have these conversations, I always make sure that our conversation is fairly organic, um, but always to make sure that we touch on not just my stuff, but her stuff and like, where are we at and what do we need from each other? I love it. Okay. <laughs> Anything else you learned from the course that you've been implementing? I learned that basically like my legacy, I guess you could say. There's always these conversations within PCL when you do your career reviews and stuff. It's like five-year goal, 10-year goal, retirement. Like how, what do you want to be known as as retirement? I used to hate those conversations because for me, from a uh, professional level, I would walk through any door or opportunity that comes to me. That that part doesn't necessarily, there's nervousness and, and you know, um, hesitation, but that's good. That It's good to get out of your comfort zone. But I mean, even when we were offered to move out, like move away from family and everything, you know, for four years, like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And I know that my, my skill set and my, and me, myself, that I would just, I will eventually get to those positions. So I could never really answer the question and feel good about the answering them. So working through this process to find out what my my goal is or what I want to be known for it and coming up to this almost not abstract, but this idea of like, but I want to be I want to be a valuable resource to PCL at, for, for someone, a, known, a good leader to show to demonstrate what good looks like 
and is able to build successful teams and projects. Like I know how to bring people together and develop them to become better so that we just continue this role. And like, that's what I want to be known for. And that is not a position. And that is, that is not, you know, something like, like a specific title, but it can be applied holistically and makes me feel validated in the work that I do every day because that is a goal every day. I can do a little bit more to like solidify that vision for myself and the company. And um, it's something that, it, that will also help the company that I work for and value. So that was something that really helped me feel comfortable with not being able to say, my goal isn't a title. My goal is is this, this, what I can offer to the company. And regardless of what role I'm in, it will, it can work across the board. I love it. Cause it leaves you open to more opportunities, but also open to innovation, right? Because there's going to be, there's a new department, right? And there may be other new departments that don't exist right now. And if you put your star on that specific title, it really limits the opportunity. But if you make it about that influence, about that impact, it really, like, it's more flexibility on both sides, on your side and for the company. Yes. And I mean, you still have to make it smart, right? Like, you still have to make it specific and measurable. And but you do that in smaller chunks as you go through your career and making sure that it's still in alignment with that white vision. So, um, again, it just, it concreted a lot of things that just felt loose that I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on. And this program really helped me find that. Okay. Did anything get, was anything hard? So the thing about coaching is like, we put, like, we push you to like, get out of your comfort zone is the first rule and take an action. <laughs> it's the second is like what we do at the end of every week. And it's not always easy. Like you're, you're telling all these positive stories. <laughs> was, was, did anything go wrong? Was anything really hard? Did anything not go as planned? I wouldn't say that there was anything that was, I mean, hard to me is a bit of a relative term I, I for me hard isn't necessarily the outward the hard for me is the inward stuff like trying to get out of my own head to turn that inner critic off try to notice myself when I not that it happens too often for for me personally but like that um imposter syndrome like all that stuff and trying to get out of that or feeling not coming to the table that part was is the hard work for me honestly for me, the challenge here was to try and articulate this program to people who aren't in the program to see the benefits of the program and like that this needs to become something that we have available to women in construction because there is such a value add to it. Um, and it because it is different from how we normally teach leadership and, and you know, measure people, it's, that was the hard part was like sitting down with people and trying to get them to, or initially what I thought would be the hard part is to get people to listen. But I found that the different audiences that I would talk to or the different people that I would talk to about it, regardless of where they were coming from, my passion spoke for itself and they just, I influenced them. <laughs> <laughs> You're the goal. You're on my side. I love it. So like this this theme of like being this influencer, it's like become your brand. It's like become your leadership brand. And you're like, it's filling it. That's the goal. I think it's module six, your leadership brand. It's like literally coming to life for me right now. Yes. <laughs> On this Zoom um, call. 
And one of the other things that was really um, exciting and uh, also solidified for me my my leadership brand was the feedback survey because I did I was very strategic and I chose a wide breadth of people that I've worked with throughout my career and like not even within the company but outside of the company and it was really reassuring to me that what I want to project out or the type of leadership that I want to project over how I want people to feel when they work with me was happening. And people saw it without be like, without me having to tell them that's what I wanted. They just feel they gave their perceptions of working with me and all that stuff. So it was really reassuring and concrete. The fact that what I want people to perceive of me is being perceived. So I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that was also fantastic. I love it. Okay. So now we are running out of time. So, and at the end of every coaching, at the actually end of every podcast, at the end of pretty much everything ambition theory, we have a 24 hour action. So I would love it if you could share a 24 hour action from the course that maybe other people could try if they're really wanting to level up in their leadership. It was, it would have been actually one of the one was, cause I did what I really wanted this, this uh, program to get implemented into the company or others to know about it. Um, so just immediately after I had our, um, which module was it the feedback module, I made a point to go and speak to my manager about the, because we always, they always come into my office talking about feedback, wanting feedback from me. And so you always just sit there going, okay, do I, I need to give one positive or one negative or whatever, then positive, like make it a sandwich, right? <laughs> Um, we had been talking about that a lot of the time. And so for me, it was like, okay, I need to, I want to switch, I want to switch the script a little bit on this feedback discussion and talk about that way. And so I, after that meeting, I went into their office and I was like, Hey, I want to talk to you about feedback and, and how we deliver feedback and see if we can try a different method on how we give each other feedback. And, uh, and then just started talking about it. So, and then that honestly implemented a little bit of different conversations and how we, we, talk about you know our interactions or what we need from each other throughout you know our day okay i look can i make a smaller suggestion because i feel like that's a little bit too big for people to take on because they're not in the course they haven't read the article yet so i i would say a great action from that would be go to a coworker, go to a team meeting and give them one piece of positive feedback about what you like about working with them i think that would be like a good first action would you agree yes no for sure okay amazing so Nicole, thank you so much for doing this interview. Like my heart is like bursting. <laughs> thank you. Um, how do people connect with you and how do people learn more about PCL? Um, so I do, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I believe I've provided my link there. I've yep, I'll put it in the show notes. Oh yes, I'm on LinkedIn there. Um, and obviously they can find my connection, my uh, information uh, on PCL Connects, which is our internal uh, website. They just need to search up my name and they can find that and reach out to me. Um, and then also you can look uh, up about PCL at PCL.com online. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole. No problem. Anytime. 
Hey, before you go, I wanted to read a review of our podcast. This one is called Excellent Office Pick-Me-Up. Great podcast to listen to while working and to keep your wheels turning. It offers thought-provoking conversations and provides great strategies to improve yourself and your business. Thank you so much for that generous review. It helps us get the word out about the podcast so that we can keep making episodes every single week. And now I want to ask you a favor. Can you give the podcast a five-star review and a comment? Thank you so much. Ambition Theory Women in Construction is hosted by me, Andrea Jansen, and produced by Michael Boyd from Podcast Atlantic. Our artwork is by Tara Andrews. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.